What up? This is Yinka Dev. Peace. This is Outlaw. And you listen to the 80 Babies Podcast. And on today's episode, we're coming back with a top five hip-hop movies, um, which is, I think it's going to be an interesting one. We should probably define the parameters for how we're defining like a hip-hop movie. Um, what was your idea in mind about, about how we're defining this? Uh, hip-hop related. So um, either about uh, hip-hop okay. uh, or featuring a um i don't know a, a big hip-hop star or icon uh movies yeah for, for me i, I kind of had the same thing um to expound on the second point if i'm taking like a if this movie is starring a hip-hop artist and the theme of the movie is about like who they are as like like their mm-hmm. hip-hop persona and that's something on screen okay. so like something like state property right okay. like that is a hip-hop movie Beanie Siegel yeah. is not an actor, but he's acting in this movie and he's there. The movie's about what they're rapping about. So a movie like right. that would have would have classified for this for this top five. So, yeah. Yeah. Who should start off? You you want to go first or should I? I think I started. I started first last time. So All I'm right. All right. With. So my my number <laughs> my number five hip hop movie. And this is uh, most of these are going to just be my preferred choice. One yeah. of them, I think, actually is the number one choice. But, you know. We're gonna start off with the preferred choices. So my number five, we gotta go with uh, with Belly, and this is released hey. November fourth, nineteen ninety eight, written and directed by Hype Williams. Yep. Um, the the story is by Nas, which makes total sense. Wait, the story is by Nas. <laughs> the story is by oh Nas. Oh my yeah. gosh, that makes so yeah. much sense. It makes so much That's sense. That's insane. Yeah. I didn't uh, know that. Um, it stars Nas, uh, DMX, mm-hmm. Terrell Hicks, T. Boz, Method Man, and Power as Knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this is number five on my list, and yeah. you knew this was going to be on my list somewhere, right? Absolutely. Yep. I absolutely love this movie. Yep. Um, I know it's it's flawed. I know it doesn't have the best acting. I know that the story doesn't come together the way I would like it to. It's not perfect. Yep. But I actually think, and we talked about this in our episode for this movie. Um, if you if you like this movie, go back and, and listen to that episode because it was great. But I actually think that the story that they're talking about is actually kind of good. Mm-hmm. Um, the narrator is Nas, but really the main character of this story is, is DMX, DMX playing, yeah. uh, playing Buns. Yep. And the idea that he gets, you know, he's just trapped up in, in the hype of, of, of the belly trying to get clout. Mm-hmm. And then at the end gets in trouble and has a chance to break free by doing something that white folks want him to do. Right. And he ends up like going away from that. I actually think it's, you know, there was something there. Yeah. Did it execute perfectly? Absolutely not. You know, did Nas go back to Africa? <laughs> Word. <laughs> he did. But still, I still oh, love this movie. Right. I love the coloring of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The music, yes. I think, was great. I think the cinematography was just insane. The camera work was insane. Like, so good. And the fact that they go to Jamaica is... is like the, Oh, yeah, that's the, true. The songs that are in this that are not yeah. on the soundtrack itself, like the songs that score, like the um, the yeah. bookshelf rhythm, that's the first yeah. time I heard the bookshelf rhythm. I was like, wow, okay. what is that? You know? Yeah. Um, I think the, the underwater rhythm. Underwater the uh, rhythm on jelly. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's so good. And the, the soundtrack is good, too. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's my number four, so it's also on my it's list. It's your number four? Yep. Yeah, I think the uh, the highlights from the soundtrack, obviously we have uh, Devil's Pie from D'Angelo. Mm-hmm. We also have Grand Finale from DMX, Method Man, Nas, and Ja Rule. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, Can't Forget About Top Shotter from DMX, Sean Paul, and Mr. Vegas. Here yeah. comes the boom. 
Here comes, comes the, the boom. boom. It's, it's, it actually had a really, really good soundtrack. It's it's it one of, it if did. not my favorite movie soundtrack. I actually really, really loved it. it. Um, I also loved pregame with uh with uh Jay-Z. I love I loved yeah. most of the songs on here. Even um Bravehearts have a good song on here. Yeah. I wanna live when he's going in, he's shooting at the house. Oh, uh, power where power yeah. gets shot. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to live is dope. Uh, the, even there's a good um, Benzino's crew. Uh, Hangman, what's what's the uh, uh, Made Men? Made Men. Made Men. Yeah. They, yeah. they got a joint with the locks on there. Like it's just a really good, good movie, good soundtrack. You even have like there's a song from Wu Tang, which is which I did not <laughs> like at the time. What party can you go to? Yeah, it's 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 so weird because I think that's a song where Buns is getting head from. Um, oh, what's her name? He's in the car. Vita. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this was when RZA was doing his like Bobby Digital thing, and it was yeah. just like an Woo! odd choice. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> you niggas acting like you don't care. Anyway, that's all. Uh, the soundtrack is great. The movie is great. So yeah, so that's number five. Yeah. Okay. All right, so number four, I'm going with Dave Chappelle's Block Party. Oh wow. Okay. This is released March 3rd, 2006. And obviously, it's kind of like like a documentary, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that this is at a time when, you know, everybody loved Dave Chappelle, but he had quit Chappelle show. Mm -hmm. And he does this movie, which is a like a really fun movie to watch, especially because seeing like the behind the scenes of all these artists that we like and how like you could tell that, no, they actually had like genuine relationships with one, with one another. Um, seeing him like go to what was it Central State University to get the marching band and like you know Kanye West is there doing Kanye West things before he was Kanye West yeah. Yeah, not like the one that we hate right um, look you know it's it's obviously written whatever by Dave Chappelle directed by Michael Gondry um, you got The Roots Most Def Jill Scott Erica Badu Common Talib Kweli Dead Prez The Fugees The Fugees reunited for this right how crazy was that Kanye West, um, some some acts that were not in the movie itself, but were in the performance. You had Big Daddy Kane, which I didn't know about until recently. Coogee Rap, um, Bilal was there, Cody Chestnut, John Legend, A-Track. Um, yeah, so thinking about this movie and like and what it meant. Yeah, I think that this is, uh, yeah, this is definitely number four on my list. It's probably not the most conventional choice, but I think in terms of like hip hip hop documentaries, okay. to have it be in this format, okay, you know what I mean? Like you you have you have scenes where like most Def is on the is on the drums and just shooting the shit mm -hmm. with Chappelle. We find out that uh, Chappelle can play roundabout uh, roundabout midnight on the piano like to perfection. Okay, <laughs> it's oh. like what what is going on here? <laughs> so yeah, okay, good stuff. All right. So number three, I think this is a, a pretty obvious choice. Mm -hmm. um, I got to go with 8 Mile. Yep. And this is released November 8th, 2002, written by Scott Silver, directed by Curtis Henson. Hansen. It stars Eminem, Makai Pfeiffer, Brittany Murphy, rest in peace, mm -hmm. uh, Kim Basinger, Michael Shannon, um, Anthony Mackie. And then we also have Brandon T. Jackson. We have Proof, Obi Trice, mm -hmm. and Exhibit. Mm -hmm. Um, it had a $40 million, $41 million budget and $243 million box office, which is pretty impressive. Wow. And then, uh, of course, we have uh, the, the single, hit single from this, we have Eminem, Lose Yourself. Yeah. But I think 50 Cent's Wankster was also yep. on this. Sure was. Um, this is on your list, right? Yeah, it's actually my number one. Uh, it's your number one, okay. Yeah, so I completely agree. Um, I think that this this movie was very impactful. I think the reason it it lands as my number one 
is um, my lens of hip hop, which is um, okay. I, you know, I came up as a battle rapper, um, and so freestyling and battling and etc. And I don't know that prior to Eight Mile, we had seen in an authentic but yet not corny way, um, you know, this like kind of dramatized on screen. Yeah. And um, and I think that that Eight Mile just did like a really really good job of like authentically showing what like battle rap was like and freestyle was like and 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 um, and also giving us you know kind of a pseudo autobiographical look at you know how Eminem came up as 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 a, as a person. So I think I think it's it's, it's my number one for those reasons. <laughs> the thing that's so brilliant about this movie is obviously the character of Eminem, right? Like mm -hmm. the way that he's written. Yep. And contrast that to, I guess, the antagonist, um, Anthony Mackie's <laughs> character, Papa Doc. Right. He's not He's not really in the movie all that much, but I right. guess he's kind of like the antagonist. But right. he's one of them. The other guy from, um, I guess his friend, the guy who ends up having sex with his sex girlfriend. With his girlfriend, yeah. I, I guess he's more the antagonist. But the interesting thing I love about this <clears throat> is that while, yes, hip-hop definitely has a, a, a gangster rap image, right mm -hmm. most of the hip-hop listening audience aren't from the streets. right right we're not from the hood and if we are we're not from it like we're not gang banging out right, there right, right. i'm not saying like there's not a lot of those folks like in the streets who listen to hip-hop but that's not the majority of like that's not why this movie is you know 243 million at the box exactly. office right yeah and i think that like to get a look at to contrast these two people we'll say Eminem, who's Jimmy, and Papa Doc, right? Mm -hmm. To contrast them, like, Eminem is from a really rough part of town, but he's not, like, he's not a gangster. Mm -hmm. You know, he's trying to work at a, a, a plant in Detroit, a mm -hmm. dying Motown Detroit, right? right? Um, and he's got this talent. He's got this kid. He's got this, this uh, you know, mom, and he's got her boyfriend. And she's like, he's got all these problems. And he's clearly very talented, but like, when can he actually dedicate the time to right. like dedicate his, his his life to rap? Like, I need money. I have to feed my daughter. Like, these right. are real problems yep. that a lot of folks, even if we're not in the streets, can probably even if I can't relate to everything that mm -hmm. Eminem's character is going through, I understand it. Like, right. I understand that that's a legit hard life. Yep. You know what I mean? And then to co contrast that with Papa Doc's character, someone who is like supposedly this gangbanger. But his real name is Clarence. He went to prep school. You know, right. his his parents had a real happy life. Like, it's like, yeah, it that like I don't know. Seeing that play out that way is kind of mm. I don't know. I think it was very very cleverly done. I mm. love the idea that like you use all of your your enemies' ammunition against you. You you throw that back in their face, mm. and you just you just slam over bars. Like that's the other thing too. Like the rapping on here yes, the rapping is really is really fantastic. Yeah. Shout out to Craig G, I think, who did the, a lot of uh, the writing um, of the of the the raps for for the the, the characters on there. Um, I think also, you know, we talked about this on the um, the Biggie Ready to Die episode, right? And I talked about how Juicy was like the the song that kind of really humanized him and made him relatable and etc right and i i mm -hmm. feel like that that that's kind of what you're saying here right where it's like eminem is this great mc he's a great lyricist um he also happens to be kind of an insular person you know and mm -hmm. he happens to also enjoy kind of rapping about rapping a little bit or making yep. up fake characters and rapping about them 
And so I think this made the Eminem character that white America and America broader was already, you know, fascinated with. And this gave us a, a broader lens into the depth of some of the struggles that that person would have to go through to become mm-hmm. Eminem. And, and I think, and, and one, another thing that was brilliant about it was that it stopped before he became anything, uh, you know? Yeah. And so, and so yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it made it way more relatable because I feel like if they tried to depict, okay, and now he's a superstar and blah, 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 blah. You know, the fact that it stops and he's still broke and he still lives in the trailer park. You know, it 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 leaves it to your imagination as to whether or not like this really is Eminem or is this your yeah. story or is this your friend's story? Like it could be anybody, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Last thing I just have to highlight is, you know, you know how I feel about Shook One's part two. I know how you feel about yeah. Shook One's part two. And to have that yeah. be the choice for the final battle is like perfect. Yeah. yeah so. Yes. I feel like um, I saw an interview. I've seen two actually interviews, one with Havoc. And one with uh, Sticky Fingers, Sticky Fingers and uh, and Fredro Star, mm-hmm. both of them individually saying how what Eight Mile has done for their career, and basically mm-hmm. talking about how like like I think it was Fredro Star that said that like like he could never he could never work a- a- again like for the rest of his life. Like I think he said, uh, "Throw your guns." I think it was was the was the joint that they freestyle on. Yeah. Or no, no, it's it's Last Days. Okay, yeah, dun, yeah, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. So you're saying that because of Last Days being featured in Eight Mile, his kids are like gonna go to college and like live that's off amazing. of the trust fund that's created just off of it being featured in the movie. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's super dope. Um, same with um Time's Up by OC. Like yeah. some of these records that we love mm. and know, like it make it makes them a part of the discussion so that any random kid can be watching the movie and be like, oh, this beat is dope, and then go and hear it. And I think that's really it. Yeah. All right, so now we have number two, and I'm going to go with Straight Outta Compton, released August 14th, 2015. This is written by, written by a bunch of white people, but it is what it is. <laughs> written by Jonathan Herman and Andrea Burloff. Um, you also had S. Lee Savage and Alan Winkins, Winkus. Um, yep. They got nominated for Best Original Screenplay at the Academy Awards. Um, wow. It's directed by F. Gary Gray. Who, do you yeah. know who F. Gary Gray is? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, it stars O'Shea Jackson Jr., Corey Hawkins, Jason Mitchell, Paul Giamatti, mm-hmm. Neil Brown, and Aldous Hodge. You also had a, a very brief cameo from Lakeith Stanfield as a, mm. <laughs> a, a crib swagging uh, Snoop. <laughs> Um, it had what was it? Is a such 20, a bad pick. I know, uh, twenty-eight to fifty million dollar budget. I don't know what that means, but it made two hundred one at the two hundred one million at the box office. And okay, yeah. Um, I still remember where I was the first time I I went to go see this movie. I was at work and I read Panama's review of it on Very Smart mm-hmm. Brothers or something like that. And off the strength of that review, I bought a ticket online and went to go see it on my way home from work. Okay. Um, yeah, I love this movie. I think it's great. Yeah. This uh, movie is also my number two. Um, okay. I, I do think it's great. Um, I've only seen this one time. And I'm actually really? I'm actually a little jealous of you that you saw it in the movie theater. Because I actually didn't see it oh. in the theater. But, um, but yeah, man, they did a really, really good job from a theatrical perspective. Now, yes. you know, was it realistic? Was it this, yes, that, exactly. whatever? We got questions. But as a, as a piece of cinema, like, this shit is incredible. And I think, look, you know, 
all these things are always going to be dramatized to make for a good movie, mm -hmm. right? And chronology, the chronology of events are going to get contorted to make Dr. Dre and, and Tupac's relationship seem much bigger than it was, yeah. or whatever, right? Um, but, but I think, too, though, is that there have been a lot of these black music movies that have kind of have like the straight to TV format and uh -huh. straight out of Compton, like the story of NWA, while it sounds like it's instantly compelling, you could also see how it could very easily go wrong. And the fact yeah. that they got it right yeah. was like, wow, like it makes you start to rethink about all these movies that That's fair. could have been That's fair. or all these movies that were done in the past that could have been done better. Like, for example, I think that the Tupac All Eyes on Me movie yeah. came out like around a similar time. Yeah. And while there were things that I enjoyed about that, it was there was also things that they got really, really wrong. Yeah. And so, you know, even though Ice Cube and Dre and um oh my god, who's the other guy who was heavily involved? Um who oh, ran? Wait, Ice Cube Dre. There were three Ice Cube Dre. MC Ran? No, but he wasn't really heavily involved though. Uh was he Yella, maybe? No. Well, either way, Ice Cube and Dre, even though it's heavily involved, um, because I think they were producers, I still okay. think that they were, I get the sense that they were like hands off with a lot mm -hmm. of like the storytelling and the screenwriting, mm -hmm. um, which is probably a good thing. They left it to, you know, people who have more experience with, you know, in, in, with Hollywood productions. It looks like but, um, Easy's, Easy's wife was also a producer. Tamika Woods, right? Yeah. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah. Anyway. Ice Cube's wife might have been involved too, because I know she's very business oriented. Got it. So yeah, I th I I completely agree with everything that you're saying. One question, just to your your point, mm -hmm. what what do you think the difference was um, in terms of how this was made that this worked and others, you know, in the past didn't? Whether it was All Eyes on Me or some of the other films. That I did. think the biggest problem with All Eyes on Me. There's two big problems. Um, all right, the, the casting choice for Tupac in All Eyes on Me was a poor choice. Because of, um, of his chops as an actor or because of how he looked? So they picked him because of how he looked. Right, it seemed like it. They should have picked someone who was more experienced. And they also, look, Tupac has such an iconic look, and I understand that. But to be honest, to really sell Tupac, it was more important to get his voice and his delivery right. Mm. And what is it? Uh, I forget his name. Dimitri something. Dimitri Shook. Um, and is and is yeah. the second because it's the first produced on on uh on Pac's album. He said what? Demetrius Ship the first produced a beat oh. on um Me Against the World, I think. Oh, okay. And then his son played Pac in the movie. That's crazy. I didn't realize that relationship. Well, that yeah, I can. That makes it more understandable. But I, I think that the most the most important thing was to get Tupac's energy and his mm -hmm. voice right. That's real. You know what I mean? You didn't have to get someone who had his same like eyes and eyebrows, whatever, yeah. right? Like you didn't have to get that. I think after casting Anthony Mackie as Pac, they really could have gone nowhere but up from from Anthony Mackie. That's probably true. <laughs> Um, sorry, and I think Mackie, the, but you can't be every black person. I'm sorry. The other thing that Straight Outta Compton gets right, that All Eyes on Me gets wrong, is that All Eyes on Me tried to take all of like the big events in Tupac's life and threw them together without really having a cohesive storyline, right? Mm. And I think that what they really, they kind of had it, but they didn't. What they should have really done more than anything else is focus on an individual who 
had all of these ideas um but then got swept up in the life that he couldn't control for himself right and they they it was there but they just didn't execute it perfectly whereas in this the idea that you had a situation where all these different personalities came together for a common purpose and to have money and to have the man and you can read in between the lines if you want to go in there and exploit an artist and have that be ripped apart mm. that's kind of like what the, the 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 central story of that's fair straight out of compton is right yeah. and it, it's 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 they keep it more story, right centered yeah. around a, a story yes. gotcha right and so even though like they do take the time to you know focus on the key players you know ren doesn't get that much shine right sorry um yellow doesn't necessarily get a lot of shine but he is there for comedic relief yeah. and i think that's great um but you know to, to focus on dre easy and, and q um and to have that be in there and like oh the other thing too like suge knight is like terrifying in this Mm-hmm. Right, whereas Suge Knight and all yeah, eyes on he's me, kind of cartoonish in most other, uh, most other portrayals. I agree. Yeah, yeah. So I think that um, you know the casting choices as well. Like, I'm not saying like I like Jason Mitchell. I'm not sure if he's the best version of Easy E. Yeah, he at least in terms of a look. But in terms of like the energy, yeah. he brought it. Um, but I'm obviously like getting O'Shea Jackson Jr. to play his dad was yeah. like. Once, once we saw O'Shea Jackson Jr. with the Jericho, we we were all invested in this movie. Yeah. So the crazy a, thing is, uh, is Easy's son also um, tried to come out, Lil Easy, uh, who oh, okay. who also is a rapper, and he didn't get the part. And I remember gotcha. there, there was like controversy around it. He was upset, you know, that he didn't mm-hmm. get cast as Easy. So interesting. Yeah. Um. So, do you have anything else to add for Shay Out of Compton? No, uh, good pick. It's, right. it's my number two. Is your number one? One or, or is right. it your number two as well? This is my number two. Gotcha. All right. So my number one, and this is not my favorite. Okay. But I saw this movie recently, and I have to think. I think this might be the greatest hip hop movie of all time. Okay. And that is House Party. <laughs> this is released March 9th, nineteen ninety. Is written and directed by uh, Reginald Hudlin. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it starts uh, you know it stars uh, Kid and Play, Full Force. You have Robin Harris, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Martin Lawrence, Tisha Campbell, um, AJ Johnson, uh, George uh, Clinton makes an appearance in here. Uh, Anthony Johnson makes an appearance in here. George Witherspoon makes an appearance in here. At a two point five million dollar budget, or John Witherspoon? Excuse me, John Witherspoon. Okay, I'll just make um, sure. Two and a half million dollar budget and a twenty six and a half million dollar box office. But here's the thing. This movie spawned four sequels and a remake. Um, and I think the reason why this movie might be the best hip hop movie of all time is because it stars Kid and Play, right? And they have their like career in the 80s, uh, late 80s, whatever. It's starring like this rap group. Um, and like, that's kind of like, that's kind of like what the movie is just like about. Like it, I don't know. It, it feels like, this is probably the first time where like hip hop was on wax and then just got translated to like the big screen. And I think that the, the fact that they're still remaking these house party movies, even though it doesn't have like the budget of a straight out of Compton or, 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 or an eight mile or anything like that, you know, it, it's before our time, but yeah, I, I just feel like it was such like, um, I don't know. It was such like a big movie at the time. There's still like a lot of things that I, re- even though this is before my time, this is still like one of like my childhood staples in terms of watching, like in terms of like what my peers in school were talking about. 
So yeah, and I think that the one of the things that works against it is that the soundtrack isn't very memorable. But you do have mm. full force, ain't my type of hype, which is like one of the like the like the best dance scenes of all time, and you still hear it. You still hear it, like anytime you have like a, like a '80s and excuse me, anytime you have like a hip hop throwback party, you'll put on this song and everybody starts doing the kid and play dance. So yeah, I don't know. I, it's not my favorite, but I I think this movie deserves a lot of respect. It's hella problematic too. There's a lot of there's a lot of like I want to say misogyny in here, but there's just like a lot like there's like some colorism in here. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's hella problematic, but still I, I still got to <laughs> give this a respect for. Maybe not the greatest hip hop movie of all time, but definitely one of the greatest hip hop movies of all time. Interesting. I take it's not even on your list. Nah, not even. When's the last time you've seen this movie? I don't even know if I've ever seen the entire movie. Um, I think Got I've you. watched I've watched some of it on television before. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I don't know. It, it never it never really hit for me. I got you. I got so. you. All right. Uh, well, before we get into your list, should we do my uh, honorary mentions? Sure. Um, so I, I think that, and the, uh, the honorable mention, you have to give it like to Wild Style and Crush Groove, like these in Beat Street, like these movies from um, these movies from the '80s. Also, I don't think this movie is very good, but like How High with Red Man and Method Man, my friends from college for whatever reason love this movie. It's dumb as hell, mm -hmm. but I at least have to shout it out. Yeah. But another movie that almost made my list was Hustle and Flow. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I I enjoy that movie a lot actually. Really? Yeah, even though it's got like some problematic themes and ideas i still like this movie a lot so okay yeah so yeah so uh let's get into your top five we spent a lot of time on mine more more time than i i should have but oh, anyway so go ahead. Uh, most of mine are, are are the same as yours so uh i'll run the list okay. uh one that's not on your list uh my number five is friday okay so i i wasn't sure if i was going to consider this a hip-hop movie oh. but go ahead well, you know, I mean, it's Ice Cube, and it's the it's the beginning it of Ice, Ice Cube. Cube as as movie mogul, right? Um, this is true, uh, and it features a lot of folks, you know, that are kind of surrounding the the, the hip hop ethos, whether it's DJ Pooh as uh, well, what that's my grandma who gave me that chain, uh, you know, what <laughs> I'm saying? all that. So yeah, um, but Friday, I mean, you you talked about about uh, House Party and all the sequels mm -hmm. that it spawned. I mean, Friday's been spawned in sequels for the last 30 years um and yeah. you know it's just it's just a, a west coast staple um i have um i have an honorable mention that i think is the east coast kind of you know version of it but but i would put friday on my list because friday is something that was so much of a part of the culture of me growing up like people would quote quote jokes from from friday just all the time just in random conversations so that's a very, very fair pick. I did not personally consider that a hip hop movie. It did pop into my mind though because of Ice Cube, and I, but I was also like, well, I wouldn't consider Boys in the Hood a hip hop movie, but maybe that is as well. Yeah. And maybe that's even on your list. I think in my definition, I would consider both. Um, but I, but I didn't, that's I didn't, I don't, I don't have uh, Boys in the Hood. On my list. Gotcha. Um, so right. my number four is Belly. You. Uh, oh, I, oh, let me also try to give the the dates because you did that as well. So. Friday yeah. uh, came out April 16th, 1995. Um, yeah. Belly's not... Written, written by Ice Cube. Yep, yep. Yeah. Belly's my number four. You said that one already, mm -hmm. so we don't have to talk about it more. Uh, my number three is Paid in Full. Uh, released I October 25th, 2002. Um, yeah, man, I mean, 
Dame Dash, uh, Cameron, uh, you know what I mean? Like, it was, it was a yeah. good amount of hip hop, uh, you know, involved there. Uh, but man, yeah. just a classic, classic, like hood classic. I, I love this movie. I really think it's good. Another one with Makai Pfeiffer, right? Makai Fife. He was a man. And um, oh my God. Um, Wood Harris. Wood Harris. Yeah, thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Wood Harris. Man, just, just yeah. great, great, great film. Like, great, like, hood you know, classic film. And I, and I think, you know, I'm not from New York, so I don't I don't entirely know all the street politics, but like I would imagine it's kind of difficult to navigate the story, the true story of some shit that happened in the street that everybody knows about. Um, you know, mm -hmm. being from Harlem. And so to be able to do it like delicately enough that we call it a classic and it's not some shit where it's like Somebody got in trouble for this shit and, you know, don't let it go out or, you know, this is this is whack or whatever is it, also dope. It is. It is based on a true story. Yeah, right? it's, it's the story of um, of AZ and um, and uh, why? Why is it in, in entirely escaping me? Hold on. Let me. I remember I, I was thinking about doing a, a podcast episode on Paid in Full and one of my friends from New York was like, you might not want to do that because um, the I think the main character in Paid Pain of Fool isn't well liked in DC or something like that. Because oh yeah, did he snitch or something like that. Yeah, that, and that, that was the dude that just dude. got killed. Oh really? So it's about it's about Az, um, the the Az that the the real Az, Rich Porter yeah. and Alpo. Right, right, Alpo. Yeah, and and yeah, and those three were like you know like bosses in in you know a certain time frame in New York as drug dealers. And uh, one of them snitched, and he recently yeah. got out, and was chilling on the on the block in, in Harlem or in Brooklyn somewhere, because he had been kind of in hiding after he got out, and he was he was shot. So uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying though, because um, and all the names are escaping me right now, but the the yeah, I, I forget the, the main DC kingpin, yeah, was like not, yeah. you know, their 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 stories are intertwined. Yes, they are. Yeah. Cool. Right. So that's your number three. That's my number three. Okay. Yeah. So I really like this movie, and that's that's why it's on my list. Um, my number two is Straight Outta Compton, which you mentioned. Yeah. Um, and I, I I when I looked at the wiki, it had two different release dates. Do you know about that? I think one was probably for like a film festival or something like that, and the other was for like wide audiences. So I I posted the one that was for like wide release. Okay. Got it. I wondered about that because I saw, I think I saw August 11, 2015, and then August 15, 2015, something like that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, my number one, you also discussed Eight Mile. Eight Mile. Um, I, you yeah. know, I, for the reasons that, that I said as well. So I think we have very similar lists, but uh, my. I think we do. Yeah. I mean, I, I figured that you weren't going to have House Party on this. So yeah. Not at all. But, uh, but I have two honorable mentions, and and both of them actually kind of could could fit in that um, could be the East Coast, you know, version of what Friday is uh, for the West Coast. So uh, the first is Juice. Okay. I feel like Juice is impactful, and I'm actually surprised that it didn't come up as either on your list or as a part of your. Um, Bro, your I haven't seen mentions. Juice in a really long time. Yeah. And. Yeah, I, I haven't I seen I feel Juice like in a Juice really is time. a part of hip hop lore in that, like, a lot of DJs that became big DJs, like maybe in the 90s or, or to early 2000s, a lot of them said that, that Juice was like where they got their start. Like, they saw 
um, Omar Epps' character, and it's what made them want to be DJs. Um, I feel like it's something that's like big for, particularly from cats for cats from New York uh, in the '90s. Mm-hmm. Additionally, um, the story of "Pump It Up" by Joe Budden. He said that he got the hook for that song from Juice. You remember this? Oh, really? No. So I, I think we, I don't know if we talked about it, but um, so he was talking about how he was making this song and he didn't have a chorus. Uh, "Pump It Up," gotcha. and so um, he was watching Juice. And in Juice, where Omar Epps' character is trying to learn how to scratch, he gets he, he gets a, a sample that goes pump, 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 pump it up. Like, that's how he's scratching. And so Joe Budden said that he basically just emulated the scratches that Omar Epps was doing as the chorus, and then it became his biggest oh, song. Oh, that's cool. Um, that's dope. Yeah, so Juice was, was an honorable mention. My other one was New Jack City. Interesting. I would not have considered New Jack City a hip hop movie either, but I guess yeah, it makes sense. similar to the the Cube thing, I guess Ice T, you know, uh, and, and yeah, he's playing a cop though. He's still, it's still, it's so weird that like yeah. Ice T has a song called Cop, cop Killer, Killer. Yeah. but his two biggest acting roles are as the cop in yep. New Jack City and as the cop in SVU. Yep. <laughs> I, I remember seeing an interview with him um, because that you know I, I guess that role is what really really like launched him as a you know movie star or person in in, mm-hmm. in Hollywood, and he was talking about how like they wanted to cast him in this movie or whatever, but they wanted to cast him as a cop, and they came to him, and at first he was kind of like, "Fuck that," and they were mm-hmm. like, "Just take the script, read it over, think about it, and let us know," right? So he says he he kind of he kind of goes back to the block and he's like like telling people like yo like I'm they like they cast me in this movie and I want to I want to be a movie star or whatever but like I want to be a cop like what the fuck yeah and so he said like so first he tells his two homies and he's like he shows them script and he's like yeah they want me to be a cop and he's like but I don't want to do this shit because I don't want to be a cop. And he said both of his homies were like I'll do that shit yo like yo you know what I'm saying like if you don't want to do the part I'll do it. So then he said he called, and I don't remember who it was, but it was a woman. It was like either like his mom, his girl, like like it was a woman. And he called the person and um, was like, yeah, like, you know, I wanna, I'm going to get cast in this thing, but I don't want to do it because, you know, it's, it's about a cop. And he said the person was like, if you don't do this, it'll be the biggest mistake of your life. Yeah, and so they true. basically were like, yo, just like put your pride to the side and just fucking do it. So mm-hmm. he, you know, was like, okay, I have to figure out a way to like make this character feel authentic, but at the same time still do it. But he did it, and you know, history, right? Like he's he's probably been renewed for 758 seasons of Law and Order, doing the exact same shit over and over again. <laughs> but uh, his, yeah. his, his kids' kids will probably be eating off him playing a, a cop on television, uh, you know. Five generations from now. So shout out to IST. Yeah. Um, anyway. um, well, I think that should wrap it up for our, our top five. Uh to recap, I have in my top five in my five spot, I have Belly, and then number four, Dave Chappelle's Block Party. Number three, I have Eight Mile. Number two, straight out of Compton, and number one, House Party. Yinka, recap your yeah, top yeah. five. My recap, uh, my number five is Friday. My number four is Belly. Number three is Paid in Full. Number two is Straight Outta Compton. And number one is Eight Mile. Nice. Sorry, black folks. I know it's Black History Month. <laughs> I shouldn't be giving Eight Mile the number one. It's a good movie, But though. I explained why it was. Very <laughs> so good my movie. number one. 
Yeah, great movie. All right. Uh, if, uh, let us know what you think of our choices. And if you have a, a better top five than ours, please share it with us. Let's get it. All right. Peace. Peace.